Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Welcome back for another episode. We've had a little bit of a downtime, and that's on me. I've been very busy um, at work, and I've been traveling, and so I've been a little delayed, um, but I wanted to get back to you guys with a really good episode full of content about something very relevant to what's happening to many people right now, and that is your tax refund. So I've talked about the tax refund at nauseum many times in different spaces throughout my podcast journey. Um, particularly last year, talking about basically that the tax refund is not a windfall, that it's your money. Um, I spoke about the tax refund earlier this year during the government shutdown to just let people know that you're, you know, that if you were dependent upon the tax refund for something, there were going to be some delays and possibly um, you'd have to wait a little bit longer depending on how long the government shutdown went. And it went long enough. It went to become the longest government shutdown in history. And that did place a delay because IRS workers were not at work, so they could not process tax refunds. So a tax refund is basically your overpayment to the government for your taxes throughout the entire year being returned to you after you file your taxes. So filing of taxes is a very interesting thing because the government knows how much money you made, right? They know. They also know how much money you're supposed to pay. So those two things are information that they have. The tax return or the effort to file your taxes is your opportunity to give the government information they may not know. So really it's about telling them the things for which you are eligible for, which should reduce your taxable base and therefore reduce whatever tax liability you may have. Meaning if you did not pay enough taxes throughout the year, this is their opportunity, this is the opportunity for them, for you to say, well, this is why I didn't pay enough taxes and not end up with a bill at the end of the year, or your ability to say, yes, I paid more taxes than I should have paid, and also, I these are the other things that should reduce my taxable base, so it's even more than what you think, and therefore you owe me a refund. And the, and the flip side, I, this, this is what I, these are the things I, I didn't have anything. Um, I didn't have anything to claim or anything that you don't know government. So yes, I do owe you another thousand, two thousand, five thousand, depending on your situation in taxes. So the tax, the, the, the time to file your taxes is really to have that kind of discussion, if you wish, with the government about what you owe them or what you originally owed them, what you paid them and what's the difference in between. And so, you know, there's a really important part of the taxes that people don't talk about, and that is the deductions you claim on your W-2. So your W-2 is there in order for you to tell the government who, how many dependents you have and, may, and allow you to make an estimate ahead of time based on the dependents you know you have to say how much the government should take out of your check in order to pay towards the, the taxes you anticipate owing. Now, people don't take as much time as they should to think about that, right? There's two ways you can dice up the the W the, the W the W4, W9. Sorry, I'm calling it all kinds of things. The form you fill out when you get a job. <laughs> um, when you fill out that form and you list your number of deduct of of um of you list your number of dependents, 
a lot of people will just put zero, right? Because when you put zero, the government takes the most money out of your taxes, out of your pay, out of your pay. They take the most taxes out because zero would say, I have nothing to claim. I have no dependence. So please, I'm going to owe you money. Take the money now. You could put 10 and 10 would say, hey, give me all my money now because I'm not going to owe you anything because I have a ton of dependents. And you can put a number anywhere in between. What people usually do is put zero or one or a low number because if the government takes more taxes out during the year and you have things to claim, that will allow you to end up paying more in taxes than you should be paying and therefore get you a refund. For some people, that's strategic. They do that strategically because they want that quote unquote savings to come, some money that they wouldn't save otherwise and they'd rather get it in the spring to get their tax refund back. Other people, and I fall on this side of it, is saying, hey, I've done, and for years I did it the other way, but I was like, no, government, give me my money now. We'll square this away in April. I don't want you having my money all year long. I'd rather have it myself. And so I am aware of how much money about around, depending on what the tax laws are, I'm aware of how much money I should owe the government. And I, you know, I deal with my, 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 um, number of dependents accordingly, but I usually keep them pretty high. Because I want my money now. Um, so there's the two ways that you can deal with that. But that's how you get to having a tax refund. If you have seven dependents and you put seven dependents on your, on your, as your dependents when you fill out that form, you're not going to get some huge refund back in the same way as if you put zero. But you're also going to have more money in your pocket. And usually it's substantial. It's like, it's not like another $10. Like you're getting, your check will look different. Many people have been taught or conditioned to be afraid of that because they're afraid of owing the IRS later. And I understand that owing the IRS is a very scary thing. They don't play about their money. (laughs) But, you know, there are ways in which, again, you can navigate that. But to not have your money all year long and be struggling all year long and then have an influx of cash that comes when you get your refund, all for you to usually catch up on things. The tax return usually helps you catch up on things that you couldn't do all year long or the tax return, the tax, I keep calling it the tax return, the tax refund. It's your tax return because it's returning your money back to you, but it's your tax refund. Your tax refund will give you money to do something that you couldn't have otherwise done. So, you know, you're probably taking a trip or you're doing something or you're planning your whole kind of financial like extra things around that. So maybe this is when you pay for the kids summer camp. Maybe this is when you pay for vacation. These are things. So people have kind of planned around that. So now we come to 2019, which is the based on the tax year 2018. And 2018 was the first year of the implementation of the new tax laws that were passed by the Congress and signed by Donald Trump in 2017, which was this overhaul of the tax code. You know, many people, no matter what side of the political spectrum you fall, had issue with this tax plan, um, mostly because the tax plan set out to benefit those who earn the most money um, and penalize people really in the middle and make some slight changes to those who are at the lower end of the spectrum. So one of the things that happened to people who are like under six-figure earners was that some of the deductions that you're used to taking have either changed in a way that make them less, um, make them lower or they've just been eliminated, period. One of the main things that was the payoff for that was that when they made the change in 2018, when it started, because they made a change to the payroll tax, individuals were receiving more money in their paycheck. And so it was negligible. It was a slight amount. It was maybe you receiving, seeing 
you know, your paycheck went up by $50, maybe. But that was used to justify why the deductions that people were used to taking, who were eligible to take in that in that range of salary, it was it made it okay to reduce those and get rid of those. So people were thinking, hey, yay, I'm getting a little extra $50 on my check, but I'm still gonna file my tax return. I'm still gonna get my money back. That's where the no happened. So there is, that did not happen. So when people, when folks filed their taxes this year, they're finding that the tax refund is much lower. And the justification for that is, well, you already got your money. You got your money ahead when we did that change to the payroll tax. Many people will say, what? I didn't see that, I didn't feel it. But that's what happened. And this is why it is important to be a participant in the government and participate in your elections and let people tell you otherwise they're crazy because it's not just about president. It's about the people who you rep who represent you in Congress, because those are people who create this legislation and the Senate approved it. And then the president signs it. And so understanding that those are the people who just changed your life, those Congress people, and many of them are gone. They did that and got out of town. Um, and it's very hard to change tax policy. This was the first one in, in many, many years, and it's very hard to increase taxes on the flip side. So this is probably going to be the way things are going to go for the for the foreseeable future. And so if you're someone in the middle, if you're someone who earns maybe over $100,000 as a collective family, if you're a homeowner, if you're a homeowner and you live in quote unquote a blue state, New York, California, being the prime examples, you were someone who was eligible to claim your property tax as part of of a a, a deduction that allowed you to utilize the cost of your property tax to offset your taxable base. And so if you live in New York City, this is not a major thing. New York City property tax is not as high as it can be. Um, maybe $2,000, $3,000 tops you pay in property tax in New York City. But if you're someone who lives in Long Island, Westchester, any of the surrounding counties, and or you live in California or places where it's property taxes can be very high, you depended on that deduction in order to offset your taxable base. So there are people who live in Long Island who are paying twelve, fifteen. dollars $18,000 a year in property tax. That's a huge amount of money that you would use to offset your taxable base and therefore bring down how much money you owe in your taxes. Well, this new tax plan to be punitive, intentionally to be punitive to those quote unquote blue states, took away that deduction for families. And therefore there are people now who were used to offsetting their taxable base with that deduction who can no longer do that. And that's a huge deduction. So they're seeing their tax liabilities increase. They're owing more taxes. In addition to that, if you're someone who, um, you if you own a home, one of the benefits, again, there was a property tax benefit, but there's also your interest on your mortgage. You get to claim that as well. And that has stayed the same for the most part. And so that's where some people are kind of saving, that's their saving grace right now if you own a home um, where you can still claim your your mortgage interest on your home as part of your um, a deduction that will lower your taxable base. But there are many other deductions that people experience as you continue to grow in your career where you, you can, when you have student loans, you can usually claim the interest on your student loans, but that ends when you make start making $80,000. Um, so you can no longer claim that interest on your student loans. So there, there are things that, you know, can go, can one year help you and the next year really not serve you. And so here we are at this point in period where people are filing their their taxes. And the question is, 
damn, I was looking to get three, $4,000. Now I'm going to get two. That changes a lot, you know, especially if you were someone who was dependent upon that tax return to get yourself out of a hole you may have created in December with the holidays. If you were looking at it to pay for a vacation that you probably already planned, if you were looking at it to kind of cover the cost of your kids who are now seniors in high school. Like if you were looking at it for a real reason and expecting it to be a certain amount, to have it be different is quite detrimental to your finances because you were dependent on it. And that goes back to my earlier podcast about the tax return, which is about why you should not depend on the tax refund, keep calling the return, the tax refund to to kind of stabilize your, your finances because Things like this can be unstable and they can change. And many people don't pay enough detailed information, um, attention to the information that's being described about what's changed, what's happening as far as changes to tax code. And therefore it's like, oh yeah, they're changing the taxes, but you think it won't affect you because you think everything is for the rich or for the very poor. And at the end of it, it's usually not. It usually impacts mostly and is the most harsh. Most policy that comes out of Washington impacts the middle the worst because no one really considers that people are worried about the very poor they're worried about the very rich people in the middle kind of get screwed and that's what happened with this tax plan and so here we are where you may be in a position where things did not go your way so now the question is what do you do what do you do now that your tax refund is going to be lower i'm not i'm not hearing from anyone that their tax refund is any higher than they expected i'm only hearing about people saying it's lower or i'm hearing people say i owe And what do you do in that situation? Well, let me tell you one thing that you do if you are a person who now owes. I'm going to tell you from experience, the state, the state IRS is far more aggressive than the feds. So if you owe the state, in particular, I speak on it from authority of knowing the state of New York's IRS, the state IRS in New York is aggressive as hell. They will take your money out your bank account in five minutes. So do not play with the state. If you owe the state money, get on a payment plan with them and stick to the payment plan. When you owe the state IRS, you cannot miss a payment. I mean, you cannot miss a payment. You miss one payment, they are garnishing checks and coming for your bank account and ruining your life. Don't play with the state IRS. So if you find yourself in a position where you owe, get on a reasonable payment plan, be willing to open, be open and discuss what you can afford, um, be as extra as you need to be to explain to these people what you can and cannot afford and get on a tax, um, get on a payment plan for your taxes if you owe on a state level. On the feds, again, they are, the feds are not as aggressive as the state can be in my experience but you still got to pay the feds their money so again get on a payment plan any tax authority will give you a payment plan you have to get on that payment plan and you have to stick to it you cannot miss a payment you cannot be late so understand that you want to make sure you pick an amount that you know yourself you can um sustain and and maintain and it's going to be hard because it's going to be another bill for you every month and it's going to impact your, you know, your finances on a day-to-day basis. But understanding there's no way around it. And what you can do is hopefully make some adjustments to your deductions and things on your, on your taxes so that you can increase the amount of refund you get the next year. And hopefully that refund will um, eat up whatever your bill is. But in the meantime, in between time, call them, get on a tax um get on a payment plan and make sure you're able to pay that, make that your priority. Don't play with the IRS. They don't play. So don't play with them. They're not your credit card. They're not your light bill. You can't float it. You need them. You owe them. You got to pay them. Now that's the most extreme situation. And I'm sorry if that's what's happening to you because it's really, really shitty to have to owe the IRS. Trust me, I know. I owed the IRS at one point um, 
tens of thousands of dollars and it was really really the one of the, among the worst times of my financial life as far as owing them but I got through it got it paid and it's a long thing in the past but it really can be <laughs> you can lose sleep owing the IRS so now we talk about those of you who got a, a refund or about to get a refund that's smaller than you anticipated and you had plans listen plans end up changing unfortunately Make sure you prioritize the things that you were going to use your tax refund for. So if you had a, a, a bill that you were going to pay, pay the bill. Um, don't shift around and not pay bills. If you have things that are carrying over from Christmas, pay those things. And maybe you have to put a, put aside a vacation or put aside um, so a luxury item you were going to purchase or put aside, you know, maybe a home renovation or putting, putting aside something else that you need to do. If you were going to use it to do something like fix the car that you need to drive to work every day, you should probably do that. You know, if you were going to get new tires, you should probably do that. But if you were going to do something, you know, you have to rank what you were going to do with it and you have to rank it in order. And then you have to kind of decide what's going to fall off because you have less money. But don't let the thing that falls off be anything that's related to debt. Because it'll be another 12 months before you run into um, an amount of money in that type of um, that type of lump sum of money where you can pay down some debt. And having your debt lower will benefit you all throughout the year. And it will save you money if you're in a situation where you need to obtain any type of loan or any type of credit where your interest rate is going to be based on your debt to income ratio. You want to make sure that you can pay down any debt. Um, debt will weigh on you much heavier throughout the year. And it'll be something that you don't want to kind of carry with you. So if the opportunity presents itself, go ahead and pay down debt. Um, and then if you have anything that's there and you're going to make a decision between, you know, putting that money aside into savings and using it and spending it on something, I encourage you to save, save your money, put some money in your savings. You know, if it, here we are, it's February of 2019. We want to do better this year. You got to work on building up that savings. You know, it, it always seems like, it's not a big deal until it is. Your savings is essential and important. I know for myself, when January started, I increased my allocation to my savings right off the top of the year, just so I could say, you know what, let me just do this right away. Um, I, I was, it, it was important to me to say, you know what, I need to have more savings, more cash savings in the bank. I have other things I want to do and I want to be able to have you know, a really substantial lump sum of cash in the bank. So I've been really allocating my savings. One of the other things I did this year was um, go, I'm going ahead and, and, and adding an additional retirement benefit for my, um, to in, into what my, what I'll be using from work. I'll be um, increasing my allocation towards my retirement. And at the same time I did that, I got a, a small cost of living increase. So I decided that I'm going to make sure that that cost of living increase is now fully applied to my retirement. So I never will see it. I'll never feel it. I'll never have the extra money and think, what should I do with it? It's going to go straight to my retirement. Because as I look around at people who are retiring or who are in a position or age-wise and, and time-wise to retire but can't retire because they don't have enough money, I know that that's something that's important to me. And if, you know, God willing, I live long enough to be 65 years old, I don't want to be working somewhere. I don't want to continue to be doing a job I don't want to do all because I didn't save when I was 30 for my retirement. So that's something that you can do as well. Um, just choose to allocate money to your savings if you have some additional money coming in for the tax refund. And, and you know, let's just keep reminding ourselves, the tax refund is your money and it's also not a windfall. So you don't want to waste it. It is your money. You earned it. You worked for that money. So don't spend it as if it's something that came in that you didn't work for. You should treat it the same way you treat your paycheck every two weeks. You worked for this money. 
and you should use it accordingly and wisely so that it can benefit you in the long run and not just satisfy an immediate need. You know, it's hard. It's hard when you've been struggling all year. It's hard when you have outstanding bills. It's very hard not understand that. And it's hard to sometimes take money that you don't, that you haven't seen and you're really happy to get it and then apply it to a bill, which feels like it's no satisfaction in that, right? You're not getting anything by putting your money off to a bill. So you t- it makes you feel like why, that doesn't feel good. It feels better to buy something or do something you wanna do. But understand that, you know, that debt weighing on you is a way heavier nuisance to your life and it's really dragging you down way more than it than any type of singular purchase will uplift you so you know i'm going to conclude today by saying your tax refund is not a windfall treat it as such treat it as your money that you earn give it the same amount of respect and the same amount of care and you'll see that it will benefit you in greater ways than it could if you just kind of blow it off as if it's a lottery win So thank you so much for listening to me today. I did an extra longer episode to kind of make up for the fact that we had a a little drop in the episode last week. We didn't have an episode. So I wanted to make up for that by giving you a little bit of a longer episode. And just in the future, the episodes will be a little bit longer, but in less frequency. So I'll be doing uh, longer episodes and and less episodes per week. So we'll cover, um, probably in the next couple of episodes, we'll cover more than one topic per episode. It'll kind of be a little bit more of a rounded episode where it's not in, in an effort to get to the point so quickly. So it may take a little more time to get there. I'm also gonna be answering questions again. That's something that was really a good thing for me in the past. I wanna start answering questions again, going over topics of things that come up, get, um, kind of discussing your feedback on that. I had a really good topic on my Instagram. If you head on over to my Instagram, which is... Um, at financial emancipation if you go over there there was a topic about a woman who was basically considering divorcing her husband um, after she found out he was cheating on her but she had just found out that he was getting a three million dollar inheritance and she wanted to decide how she should move what access she had to that money and how she could kind of get more you know get some of that money before she walked out the door and boy oh boy were the comments (laughs) the comments about that were very interesting Um, so head on over to my um, Instagram page you can see a lot of the comments people had and we kind of had a discussion discussion about whether or not she was entitled to the money on like a moral level whether she was entitled to it technically on a financial level and uh, what people thought the woman should do given that her husband had cheated on her she had five kids and she was ready to walk out the door so we'll be doing more things like that I'm going to put up another one today um, so we can kind of talk about it so head on over to that Instagram is at financial emancipation um, follow me on Twitter FIN emancipation and um, if you have any questions for me feel free to email me at Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K at thefinancialemancipation.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to having you back for another episode as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Have a great day.